Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Launch Sequence Podcast. I'm Space Tomato, your host, and today I have with me the legendary Level Cap Gaming. Welcome Hello. aboard. How you doing? Thank you for the invite, man. I'm yeah. doing great. Uh, been a fan for, I can't say for a long time, but for a bit, and I've uh, really been enjoying the podcast content and your uh, your videos that just kind of do deep dives on specific aspects of Star Citizen. I've been binging that stuff like crazy so uh yeah thanks for making all the awesome stuff dude thank you i can say i've been a fan for a long time i've been watching your videos at least on battlefield for for years now so when i saw you doing star citizen stuff I, we were talking beforehand and the first one i saw you do was a few years ago it was like flying around r corp um i immediately subscribed for good and like i was following you and you started doing more videos recently and then um you made that great video a couple of months ago or a few months ago where you talked kind of about how the game has changed since you last play it and you reached kind of you're reaching this tipping point that makes you want to get into the game mm -hmm. more regularly and i had to get you in for a talk so i'm really glad that we were able to sit down and talk about the game yeah man i mean i love talking about star citizen like you don't have to bend my arm like i'll, I'll come in here <laughs> and just blab about it for as long as you want to um so yeah and now i'm I'm excited about the game right now and the tipping point thing. I watched your video that was sort of addressing that concept a bit more, a bit deeper. Um, it's definitely there for me. I can't get enough of the game right now. Like I'm loving it. I get in there and like, I just, it's one of those things where it's like some games have these, these little things that crop up that just kind of suck you back in. And for me right now, it's just getting in there and running bounty missions and trying out different ships and different loadouts and stuff. And it's just got a good feel right now. Like yeah. flying has a really good feel. I mean, it only took 10 years to get here, but <laughs> the spaceships feel pretty good now. And it's like, it's just fun. I got my dual joysticks set up and I feel Ooh. like a badass, you know, like I'm just like getting around ships and hitting them in their weak spots and staying out of their gun range and all that. And I'm like, man, I know what I'm doing now. Like I'm not an elite pilot, but I feel like one. Yeah, man, I'm playing you're and getting... it sucks me in. You're getting the full experience uh, with the with the like the hotas or the dual sticks or, or anything like that it's right. just so much better hotas yes yes yeah, yeah. of course <laughs> a higher level <laughs> yeah i think this game has invented an entire new hardware uh market basically like there nobody was getting left sticks before star citizen existed really and now it's like now there's like multiple companies making left sticks and there's cool. there are there are different types of mounts. My friend made himself like a custom mm -hmm. mount where the sticks can slide across his desk. It's there's yeah. yeah it's getting uh, I intense. want one of those, and I think Monster Tech or one of those guys, Monster Gear, whatever they're called, has a desk sliding rail mount system now, which I believe is pretty much for games like Star Citizen, where you're like, I need joysticks, but also I need to switch over to mouse and keyboard when I go on the ground. So. I need to like <laughs> transform my setup super quick, you know, which is insane. You said when you were going on the ground, I'm in, I'm over here thinking like, oh yeah, I've also got work to do today. <laughs> Just like, no, nah, I'm switching from ship to ground gameplay. No oh, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the game has had these, like you said, these little things that always pull you back in. They let you like experiment and get to experience a game really not like many others. And that was going to be sort of the, the center of the discussion today. So what I wanted to do was kind of touch on some of the big moments that happened throughout this game's development, talk about how it got to where it is. Cause I think a lot of people who are coming in just now, I mean, there are a lot of people, they just released numbers 
of mm -hmm. 2,000 new members, 2,000 new people just shining up every day since 317 dropped. That's wild, dude. Which is, I'll take those subscriber numbers. That nice. is <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> That's a lot. So there's a lot of people coming in, and it's been 10 years, so there's a lot to kind of digest. I thought it'd be cool if we sat down and talked in a very summarized version of what happened in those 10 years and then what we might be able to look forward to in the next year or two. Yeah, it sounds fantastic, man. A decade of Star Citizen. It's a lot. Uh, a lot has it's, happened. It's changed a lot. It's crazy to think what it is now compared to just like believing in an idea, yeah. which is all you had 10 years ago. Yeah, that's probably the best place to start. So like when they pitched this game, there were there was no idea for planets. Like They weren't talking mm -hmm. about... Um, at least I don't, I can't say they were talking about ships inside of ships. I guess they were kind of, they were kind of talking about that, but not quite as expansive and diverse the, as they were. The Bengal carrier was part of the initial promo right. video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was, I believe there was, I watched it just the other day because I was checking out the Bengal in universe and I was like, I wonder how different it looks from the original concept, you know, and they actually mm -hmm. stayed pretty true to the original design of the Bengal, which is impressive, but yeah. Um, yeah, the original trailer has like a hornet flying around a Bengal carrier and then some of the Vandal, uh, whatever ships they're flying, come and attack it. And there's like a little firefight in space. But um, it's what I like so much about watching that that original Kickstarter pitch video from 10 years ago is that the game looks better. than. That oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. so much better than that pitch video. And so you're like, hey, like not only are they delivering the concept now, but it's better than what they initially were like promising, which is so cool. I mean, how often does that happen where the like concept trailer ends up being lesser than the actual game? Like that never yeah. happens. It yeah. never happens. You could basically, besides the bangle, because we can't go inside it, but it is in the game right now in the current yeah. event going on. Well, and they are making the interior, which I assume you'll see in single yeah. player or something. Yeah, yeah. we'll get to end. And they'll actually, what they've said in the past is that there will be bangles in the PU. Players can't mm -hmm. generally own them or fly them, but people can take them over and kind of, you know, yeah. use them as like a base of operations, stuff like that. But too much power for any one person. Seriously. Nobody should have that yeah. kind of power, man. Yeah. A quad railgun turret. That, that thing is bigger than ships, that gun. <laughs> it's like scary. The bullets are bigger than ships, you know? Yeah. But basically, I think the, the slugs are the size of auroras or something like that. Just <laughs> stupid. Just shooting auroras at people, man. But the the bangle is being in game basically you could replicate that that video you have the ships right we yeah. have the hornets and the gladius and like the van duel ships are there we could basically reshoot that in game and you could do For that sure. with a lot of those old trailers and that's i don't want to say that proves that the game is making amazing progress but i think it's testament to the fact that they are shooting to make what they sold as an idea and a lot of times when people talk about this game being a scam they talk about it in the sense that, no, they're not necessarily scamming people out of money, but they're keeping the development going to pay their salaries while not delivering what they said. And you can, if you follow the game, you can really tell that a lot of that stuff, they're trying to get into the game. Yeah, yeah. And I used to tell people, like, the game's not a scam, but it might fail. Like, yeah. Like yeah. that's a realistic possibility. They're not scamming you out of their your money because they're paying like a dev team that's massive, right? Mm -hmm. It's if it is a scam, it's the world's worst scam. 
because uh, you're paying all these people <laughs> yeah as opposed to pocketing the cash right, right but right, yeah uh, there's no guarantee that the that the game will succeed at the end of the day but now I think we're beyond that point like I don't see failure as as a realistic future for this game anymore especially with the numbers that they're talking about the revenue they're pulling in the how close they are to having the last major pillars of tech in the engine like that's exciting because the past you know i mean the whole last 10 years of development has been uh when do we get this feature well we need to build this massive piece of technology before you can see that okay well when do we get to see that massive piece of technology uh, a year maybe two maybe three we don't know and now they're giving us ballpark estimates of like here's the last bit of core tech and you might actually see the first implementation of server meshing which will be the last iteration of massive tech in quarter one 2023 potentially yeah. you know yeah which and is like, which is big man that's that's huge you know and i realize that timeline for anyone who's like not familiar with star citizens development is like that doesn't seem that soon and you're like oh, okay <laughs> it's right around the corner 10 years yeah wait 10 years and tell me what like uh another half year feels like you know yeah. like i'll take it so back when the game was first starting and it was becoming more of a we'll say it was going from concept to actually in game 2014 ish they were putting together the actual first version of being able to get into space were you were you already following were you playing back then or did you take a little while i was very close to following the project when it was in kickstarter okay um you know i regret i wasn't a kickstarter backer but i got in short i think maybe 2013 or 2012 I can't remember when I made my first pledge. Uh, oh, yeah. I guess it would be on my hanger. I could look it up. But, yeah, you um, got a number. My brother uh, was 100% obsessed with, like, every bit of detail. So it was just, like, I couldn't, like, not hear about it, basically, like, on a daily basis. So I was constantly hearing about what was happening with the game and what was going on. But obviously, at that point, there was quite literally nothing to do mm -hmm. in terms of uh, partaking in the game world so it was just concepts and it was great fun you know and it was great fun like theory crafting about what the game could be and stuff and and then um yeah i would just come in and check it out whenever a, a thing would happen where like a hangar module would come out and uh new things that you could check out or cool new trailers or cool new behind the scenes tech that they were working on you know like that was all it's always been well uh, i got a choose my words carefully i was gonna say well portrayed but they've definitely made some mistakes along the way in terms of just like uh being a little too ambitious with their release dates and stuff yeah, like that 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 big one but i would say in their current state right now i think they're doing a fantastic job of communicating and advertising and you know uh doing a healthy form of hyping for the game i would say you know like, the hype is uh, healthy yeah that's yeah, for yeah. sure and i love it yeah all their their weekly content is amazing that they're yeah. producing for the game yeah so it was around that time though like you said the hangar module that was like 2013 i think and oh yeah that was kind of basically the game was like you said just hangers people could just yeah. get into a hangar and look at the outside of their ship and not do anything else and then so <laughs> yeah and then they then they let us take them into space right which was just around that the crusader planet that is actually in game now would well did i don't was crusader before arena commander no it was the pu but it was such a small area uh yeah 
it so was the just PD around came before arena commander no no, right? no 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 arena commander okay, did okay. come first yeah you're right okay so you got to kind of experiment with the ships in space a little bit and yeah. like shoot some things and lock on missiles and blow some stuff up yeah got to do uh, the ship and, combat and then crusader and port alisar and uh, everybody's home yeah <laughs> for how many years i don't know but and and i think that's probably one of the biggest gaps because you were saying when they mm -hmm. were making this stuff back then sure it looked good but now it's just way way better looking and crusader back then compared to now i mean back then it was just like a picture right just a, yeah, a, yeah. a texture you could fly into it forever and right. i tried to yeah <laughs> i was like i'm gonna land on this planet that they say doesn't exist god damn it find it <laughs> then you die after yeah. 40 minutes of flying yeah, you're like, oh, I guess it's really not here. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. Like the sun, you know. Right, uh, the volleyball-sized sun. <laughs> yeah, the sun that's always there but not. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then I think for me, like my involvement with the game after, I would, I would come in whenever there was like a cool big bit of tech, but it did get hard to follow the project for certain years because, I mean, they were literally building a team and building the underlying tech. So it's like... You know, what are they going to do? Post pictures of blocks of code online, you know, <laughs> like it's just like our coders have been writing code forever. There's nothing exciting to really talk about, you know, so yeah, uh, ship sales and stuff were cool, but you can only do so many ship concept sales before your eyes roll back in your head and you're just like, I can't. Right. I that can't was anymore. Oh, yeah. man. People don't people people coming in now, you know, they'll see a concept sale and they'll be like, what is this? But they don't know back then back like you said back yeah. in my well, day now you know it's gonna come because like right. now we're flying those cool ships that have hangers on board and can fit smaller ships inside of them it's all in universe you can test it out but back then they're like trust me this will be really cool yeah you should definitely spend a lot of money <laughs> on this crazy ship and you're like i mean none of this stuff is in game i i remember the first iteration of the constellation in game what a piece of garbage compared to what it is now. And even back then, and whenever it came, 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. uh, super cool. Like I was blown away by it. But like, if you go back and look at the original Connie, man, what a piece of junk. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just funny to see how everything's evolved, you know? And uh, it's also kind of wild to think how many times they've redesigned the game over the years. Yeah. Where they're just like, yeah, so we decided to increase all the functionality of every ship, which means we're going to have to redesign every ship from the ground up. You're like, okay, how about we uh, get the game playable, you know? But now we're in a state where you're like, ah, it feels worth it, right? It yeah. does feel worth it. Yeah, and that's, a, honestly, that is a different, that is an entirely different discussion surrounding, you know, what, what many people would call scope creep and the way mm -hmm. that they've expanded some of the features and the functionality of the ships. That's an interesting talk to have. But... We'll have that one another day. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, you kind of, it's sort of like, just because I've been following like stocks and crypto and all that stuff more, you can look at the the charts, right? When everything's low and doing poorly, everybody's like, oh, like terrible investment. And like, yeah, of course it was the bad thing. And then as it goes up, everybody's like, wow, it's fantastic. Everybody should buy. Yeah. And it's, I think we're kind of in that state with Star Citizen where it's like, there was no proof that this was ever going to work for so many years of its development and it could have failed at any time. And now we're finally at that point, the, the tipping point, if you will, yeah. uh, where it's like, Hey, like things are working. Uh Oh, my, my gardener's here and he's mowing the lawn. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't come out. Episode too bad 52 on, on featuring my... gardener. It's all good. Yeah. 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 
you can uh, fix it in post. Eh? It'll be easy. <laughs> no problem. No problem. But yeah, there's a, uh, there really just wasn't much to know. And I remember getting into like sort of the next big thing that happened after we got to fly around in space at Crusader and just get like a, a nibble of what Star Citizen was supposed to be. They introduced to Planet Tech, which yeah. was like, I think the single so cool. biggest shift in focus that this game had. Cause yeah. I mean, look at how much stuff is based on the planets now from the cities and mission givers and all that stuff. Yeah, it was so cool. I'm trying to remember what, did they introduce multiple moons at first or was it a single one? I can't remember what the first planet was. They Maybe like Felon or something? The first thing that they ever showed us them landing on was Delamar. Because they did okay. they did like a mission Is with Miles Eckhart. or Delamar? Delamar, the, the planetoid, the, the kind of blue gray one. It's out of the okay. game now. It's gone. They've oh, removed it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Somebody was saying Delamar, and I was like, are you saying Daymar? Have I been pronouncing it incorrectly this whole time? No, okay, there's... yeah, yeah. I remember Delamar now. I yeah, remember it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I remember when they um, added that into the game, and I loaded up with my brother and, and another couple people, and, um, you know, we crashed and died like four, four times <laughs> trying to get down there, and... Hey, you know, you get on the planet, you're like, it's working. And then it like it, the server drops or somebody just fall through or the moon. Yeah. But I remember this moment when that was happening that really blew my mind where um, I think I had died. I was on the planet with my brother or somebody and I died. So I'm flying back to their location and it's on the dark side of the moon and or it had gotten dark or something. And they're using their flashlights to look around. And I was in orbit and I was like. I think I see you guys down there. I think I see your flashlights on the moon. They're like, shut up. Like, are you kidding me? You're like, you know, 10 kilometers up or 20 kilometers up. I was like, yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I see you guys right now. I'm like, hey, hold on a sec. And I started firing shots down from orbit onto the surface and they're seeing them land on the ground around them. I was like, I can't believe this is a sim. Like, cause you've in your brain, you're like, no, of course they're faking it all. Right. Like when I go down to the planet, I'm in a different environment that's separate from the space around it but then you realize like oh my god they're actually trying to sim everything that's insane and that was this really cool like eye-opening like oh my god they're like taking this to the nth degree in terms of its like simulation and functionality and that was super cool and again now it's totally like yeah of course you can do that you know but yeah it's, it's so cool seeing it man you don't you don't you forget how cool it is until you go in the game again with somebody else who just got in. And there are there are plenty of games that have like landing on planets. Like you said before, No Man's Sky is doing it. Elite Dangerous does it. Uh, I think it's Everspace maybe does it. It's like there are other examples out there, but the combination of all the different things also happening at the same time and you're there yeah. with your friends, like you said, and it, it, it just has such a feeling of connectivity. And then you see how diverse the planets are. And, and the fidelity of it too. I yeah. mean, like you, especially with the cloud tech now and, and stuff like the planets look stunning. There's nothing else that's coming close to this on this scale at this visual quality, like flying down to any of the planets that have actual cloud atmosphere is amazing. I like going to Eda, the moon when there's mm -hmm. like a storm raging and it looks like you're in some in, in your the movie alien you know and you're doing the landing on this like super inhospitable planet i'm like damn i want more planets like this where yeah. you get out and you're like getting sandblasted and you can't see anything and you're just like the mission's this way like you know and you're like 
it's just like, oh, I see why nobody wants to live here. It's a nightmare. <laughs> like, but I love that idea where it's like, yeah, not everything's a Star Trek world, right? Where you go down and you're like, oh, a breathable atmosphere. and uh, Just beautiful, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, and there's nice planets everywhere. It's like, oh, I love the idea of these like super, super inhospitable, dangerous planets. I can't wait to see some of the pyro stuff with yes. like active volcanoes and like, uh, you know, tectonic plates that are just like, uh, you know, earthquakes or like things shooting up through the ground. Like, it's going to be dope. Yeah. Can't wait for Gotta it. Gotta have some places that just feel miserable, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, you could argue that Aberdeen is kind of within that realm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Aberdeen's but not, gosh, but less interesting, miserable. It's sort of like once you've seen part of Aberdeen, you've seen all of Aberdeen, right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, and the the Planet Tech, in my opinion, was like the best. The best. Um, have you ever heard people talk kind of about? Oh yeah, they're making this game Star Citizen, and it's going slowly now. But once they finish the tools, you know, it's all about the tools. The tools will be done, and things will start coming out much faster. That was kind of a very common thought process i guess around uh 2017 2020 or so and the planet tech team i think was the best example of that because they were they they it took them so long to make the first uh was it hurston and all the moons that we got with it and then by the yeah. time they were done with the stanton system they were making these moons in a quarter a, a tenth of the time it took um so I don't know how close you were following that, but they definitely showed that it kind of, it speeds up as they start to create these tools and get better at it. Yeah. And I think we've kind of seen that now in the general production where things are kind of coming at, at a faster pace now, Yeah, which makes it much more exciting to follow because it's no longer like, all right, see you guys in six months with maybe something cool. And you're like, all right, uh, I'll Ho see you guys hope then, so. you know? <laughs> Yeah. And now it's like we're getting quarterly patches and even in between those quarterly patches, minor updates and cool things. And, uh, and the patches themselves are substantial, you know, like they yeah. add a lot of new stuff to like explore, assuming that you want to get into every little element of the game. If you're just dogfighting in space and that's all you care about, then sure, you're, there's going to be a bunch of patches that go by that add nothing of interest to you. But if you like exploring the entire universe, then like, yeah, 317 was a massive patch, you know, in that regards, where in terms of like all the stuff that it added that you could do and go check out and explore. Right. So, I mean, that's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's been exciting to see that coming along at a faster pace. And I think I remember like when they were doing the Planet Tech stuff and they showed off, everybody knows the like the worm video on oh, what's that? The sandworm. Uh, that was on Lear 3, I believe. Lear 3. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I looked at the star map. I'm like, that's 10 jumps away from Stanton <laughs> or something. I was like, yeah. the hell are you guys doing? Yeah. Why like, did you show us this? Yeah, yeah. That was. Why are you uh... working on something 10 jumps away? Well, mm -hmm. I'm never going to see that, you know, but. Also, I'm like, well, maybe their planet tech really, their tools are so good that they can just start pumping out planets real quickly. And then really the devil is in the details where it's like 90% of the, 90% of the work is done in 10% of the time. And then, you know, 90% of the time for the remaining 10% of the work of yeah. fleshing out what a planet actually, all the details of it are and stuff. So yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they have so much of that planet tech already done and just ready to go for like tons of systems. But that every was, time they add something new like cloud tech it's like well now you got to go back into every single planet right. and create custom clouds for that yeah, planet yeah. and we see them all talking about it they're reworking Lorville right now they'll probably rework mm -hmm. our corp at some point so definitely the case and yeah that was one of their biggest i i think mistakes well not mistakes but like 
One of their biggest ugh kind of moments uh, was the whole Lear 3 thing. It was a cool planet, and like the demo was awesome, but it it's just, it, it acts as like a monument almost to their sort of over, not over promising, but maybe promising the wrong things. Like nobody expected a sandworm to come into the game at that stage of development, right? But yeah, it was yeah. put into the demo and it took people's time and it set expectations too high. And I think they, they definitely struggled with that around that time period. It's, it's hard to know, you know, because if you look at it where it's like if it truly was just a marketing ploy to like get people all excited about stuff and spend some money, then like, yeah, that may be a little dishonest or whatever. But uh, from my experience talking to devs and working with devs is like you want to try and improve the concept as early as possible to make sure you can start getting the building blocks of this working. Uh, and maybe they were like, oh, my gosh, doing a sandworm on layer three really isn't that it's not as technically challenging as we thought it was going to be and cool we fleshed it out and some some artists made it really quickly let's show it to the community it might have been done with excitement rather than with yeah. rather than nefarious purposes and i i try and give people the benefit of the doubt as much as possible because um you know this this game and this production is well i think undoubtedly if if you follow if you have been following it for this long the passion behind the people working on it is undeniable. You know, you see them talk about the game, you see them work on the game. Chris's letter from the chairman that he posted is like, you read it and you're like, this guy has dedicated a decade of his life to working on the, his, his, his passion project. And that passion is like, it seems more bigger than ever compared to yeah. even when he started. He seems prouder than he has been. He seems more enthusiastic and it's, it's contagious. And the people, that are attracted to the project also seem to have that same level of, of enthusiasm. Like this is different than most games where it's like, here's a big title from EA or, or Ubisoft. And it's like, you know, it's got a thousand people working on it and they know they're going to go on to some other project afterwards. And they're just making, you know, wire baskets and tables and chairs or some crap for like an Assassin's Creed game. They're not like super like this game Star Citizen is not that. It's not just attracting people who've gotten into game development and are just jumping around different projects. It's like it attracts people that are like in love with the concept. And that I think is like it really is putting itself into the game. Like you see that love in the game. You're like when you log on, you play something and you see the details and just the design of everything uh, you're like man this was made with love like i know it's like a lot of hard work and a lot of hard time but it feels different than your average triple a shooter or your average triple a like yearly release of something yeah it's, it's a different it's a different feeling 100 sure. yeah it's these games that take i would say like live service games things like uh world of warcraft or Mm -hmm. um or Fortnite, like games that have a lot of longevity and constantly keep the content coming through they built they build the best passion like you said like the people yeah. who are coming into star citizen to play it and to work on it are sticking around for years because they could go other places they could do other things but this is it like yeah that what i tell people all the time is i used to play awesome sci-fi games as a kid where I would be flying a spaceship or maybe in a spaceship or on a planet or landing on a planet. And I'd constantly look at the backdrop, the, the, the props that they threw into the level, all the things that you couldn't interact with, the places you couldn't go. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah, like, I want a game boxes. for that. 
I want to be able to do that stuff. Why can't it? Why doesn't anybody build that? And then suddenly here it is. And it's like, it's, uh, it's unmatched, you know, you can, like you said, if there's an Assassin's Creed that's coming out three years of development, sure. They're Call of Duty coming out maybe three years, but only one year of marketing. That kind of stuff doesn't let you build up that sort of excitement and, uh, mm -hmm. that, that want for success for that project. And, and I think because uh, like the, because they're building these tools and because there's, it's not just tool building, but there's such a big content team, right? Like mm -hmm. the detail in Stanton is kind of limitless, right? You could, you could build out Art Corp endlessly if you wanted to, uh, or you could build out the galaxy endlessly if you wanted to, you could go macro or micro or, or whatever the opposite of macro is <laughs> <laughs> big one. Um, like there's there's limitless content and it's that sort of game where like i could see a developer wanting to work on it forever and i could see a player wanting to play it forever like i'm the kind of gamer that obsesses over one game right i'm a very i'm a monogamous gamer like i i just get set with one game and i get obsessed with it and i want to explore every detail and star citizen is yeah. like a game where you're like i could play this kind of forever if they kept developing things the way that they keep developing it and adding these because each new system seems like it could be incredibly exciting like each pyro is, yeah is going to be a different experience it's not going to be like here's star citizen with another it's not going to be stanton 2.0 right it's yeah. going to be here's your flat here's your flare star right which is uh, emitting all these like radiation waves and like and solar radiation and there's all these dead planets and it's lawless you can kill people there's no crime stats there's a giant pirate station and then like small outposts scattered around and like it's gonna have totally different ambiance the planets are gonna be totally different feel different it's gonna feel more dangerous the the combat the people you run into will probably be up to different things, probably more nefarious tasks going on. Yeah. You're going to feel unsafe more so compared to Stanton, you know, like, and then a system beyond that, Nix and then Odin and like some of these other crazy systems that I saw on your podcast with Astro uh, Pub, where he's talking about like the black hole system. I was yeah. like, I didn't even know about that. There's some uh, crazy systems. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? There's going to be a system that's just a planet orbiting a black hole. That sounds awesome. You know, and like just going to that is going to be way different than existing in Stanton. Like it's all very exciting. And the idea that each system can really bring like the planets themselves already bring a totally different feeling when you land on a different planet or you're operating in the moons of that planet. It feels different being around Crusader than it does around Microtech. You know, yeah. it's a very different feeling. And I can only imagine the systems adding that kind of diversity and longevity to the game is just going to be, it could be endless. Yeah, that's that's actually something that I kind of started to come to the realization of with CitizenCon last year. Because we've known about Pyro for a while. They actually originally <laughs> told us it was coming in 2020. Um, and then, you know. Star Citizen hey, happened. Man, this game was going to launch in 2014. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but they were talking about it back then. And for us, it was mainly just, you know, we got a couple sneak peeks at planets. Uh, we had an idea that it was like this desolate, abandoned system. And there were outlaws there and all that kind of stuff. But it was still kind of hush-hush. Then CitizenCon came around. And they really dove into... A lot of it was concept art, which annoyed me at the time. But also, as I started to keep looking back on it, I realized how much of the lore and the messaging behind the system was embedded in that, in that they are really trying to build each system to feel almost like a different game. 
You're using the same mechanics, yeah. but you are playing the game and thinking in a different way. You're not flying around in pyro considering rest stops to go and fuel at. You're flying, flying around pyro thinking, whose territory am I in? Are they going to kill me on site? And I think that's yeah. th that that's going to completely change how you play the game from Stanton. When also, like, I love thinking about the meta of it, too, where it's like, okay, I'm in Stanton. It's a 5 AU wide system. And um, I, all my quantum drives and my ship setups are built for that size of a system and the kind of resources I have available to me. Mm -hmm. When I go to Pyro, that's nomad territory. Sorry if you're hearing a leaf blower outside. It's uh, <laughs> our special guest. <laughs> It's 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 the atmospherics, okay? There's lots of um, atmosphere in Star Citizen, and I just wanted to <laughs> portray that. But like, yeah, when you go to Pyro, you might need to be flying Carracks around or bigger ships that can bring smaller ships with them. Uh, you're gonna need longer quantum drives, maybe slower quantum drives, uh, ship setups that are like designed to deal with a lot more variety of content as opposed to. Just a, I'm going to make a fighter that's designed specifically for running very high risk target missions and nothing else, you know, and it's set up for that specifically. You go to Pyro, it's like, yeah, you might need to bring something that can adapt to whatever you run into. And I love that idea where you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to go from stand in to Pyro and then to there and there. It's like, no, if you live somewhere, you're hanging out somewhere, you better come equipped. You better know how to adapt to it. And I think that's going to be so cool is like just not know one not knowing what you're getting into and two like having to approach the game totally differently where it's not just going to be copy and paste of one system to another yeah. and it's not going to be that elite dangerous effect of like oh there's so many systems but they're all the same you know it's like yeah. it, the systems will be unique and they're going to bring different not just the lore and the lore is very exciting too about each system all the backstories it's super cool to get into it but the physicality of it, how that's going to change just your actual gameplay, like the 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 diversity of it is just going to be so exciting. Yeah, it is. It's oh man, it's exciting. Mm -hmm. I I don't even there there are ships that they have that are made just to transport other ships, and like <laughs> just bringing that kind of thing into into play goes so far towards what you're talking about. It's basically going to be a game about planning. And yeah, I know it's going to, which is a worry It's a worry for sure. Right. Yeah. That's, it's going to turn a lot of people off. A lot of people are probably not going to be down for that style of gameplay. And it's not a game for everyone, but it's exciting to see that somebody is making a game like this and actually really focusing on that. Cause I, I want to see what happens. I've always thought like, what is it going to be like for it to have an FPS game where you can basically do what you want, but you're going to deal with the consequences no matter what you do. And mm -hmm. they keep going one step after another to kind of prove that from power management to prison time to reputations. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're going deep with it for sure. And it's it's so crazy to try and think about because I, uh, I think that there's so many systems. There's so many things working in this game and they want to have a, a their end goal is to have it be a pretty hardcore game where death like matters. Like you really don't want to die. I'm just like, I don't yeah. know how they're going to get to that point. Because the amount of times I die in this game, <laughs> and even for like, I feel like I'm a badass in some sort of like bounty mission, like taking out big ships. And then I'll like be looking at my Moby glass and like crash into a space station or something. You know, like, <laughs> whoops, uh, screwed that one up. So it's like, is the game going to train me to be super careful and super nervous about that kind of stuff? 
or are they going to have to back off a little bit on the hardcore nature of the game and make death slightly less punishing? It's hard to know what's going to happen, but especially with the bug side of things, like imagine yeah. if you imagine if you're shipping cargo, right? And you're like, oh, or you're trading, right? So you buy you buy low, sell high, right? But you're you spend like ninety percent of everything you've been grinding for for the past two months. And you take the precautions and you have a military escort following you around. You're like, I'm going to make so much money on this one trade. Mm. going to be worth it. And then the game <laughs> crashes or has a bug or for whatever reason, you fall the out of your ship. system on your ship bugs out and your yeah. thruster starts spinning you around and you crash. And you're like, I just lost two to three months worth of work because of a game bug. And there's probably going to be endless bugs in this game because yeah. there's going to be endless depth for the game. That's my concern is like, uh, you gotta, you gotta pull the brakes on the hardcore nature a little bit, or you're going to have too many instances where people are like losing months worth of work due to a stupid game bug that they couldn't have planned for, you know? So that's, yeah. that's my concern is like, I don't know if they're going to be able to ever get to the place where like people are going to be able to survive for months on end without dying to stupid things. Because I, I, I don't know. I just see like. An infinitely complex game is going to have an infinite amount of dumb bugs that are going to crop up from yeah, time to time. Yeah, there's going to be problems with it. I think they have definitely considered that they need to be a little easier on it. This game has casualized over the years, that's for sure. Like yeah, from yeah. from where it was, I would say around like 2018, even before that with the way combat was, it's definitely gotten more casual. And they are talking about how this permadeath idea in the game is going to be mainly that you're you're dying six, eight, ten times, however many, and you're able to continue to be revived from those deaths before you actually lose the character. Um, so I feel like as long as they have something in place for when you're dying near a population center, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and then they're also just making you very much aware that you or, or actually giving you the ability to win back some of those lives. So like, let's say you got six lives for a character and then you lose three. If they give you the ability to get one of those back, I think that would also help. Um, mm. But try to find ways to sort of ease people into it or, or out of it. But the whole, like you said, teaching people to play carefully, that's going to be tough because I know all yeah. the consequences and I'm still over here jumping into walls, trying to get glitches to happen and stuff. So, you know, people are going to be breaking the game when the game comes out and they got to figure yeah. out, out a way to communicate that. It'll be interesting. And I'm all for them changing concepts based on like, cause I mean, they're making a game that nobody's ever tried before, which is essentially pioneering new tech, new areas of like game concepts. So they're going to run into problems and issues that nobody's ever thought about before. Kind of like they're talking about, having to test persistent element streaming, you know, for two to three months. Right. Uh, because nobody's ever tried to do that kind of thing at this scale before ever, ever in gaming. So they're like, there's going to be all kinds of problems that come up that, and we're anticipating lots of them, but we're also probably not thinking about a huge portion of them. And you're like, yeah, that's going to break. People are going to break the game world so many times in Star Citizen, even outside of persistent element streaming. It's going to yes. be wild. And I, I think EVE Online is a fantastic sort of um, uh, blueprint, if you will, or a, sort of a, a stepping stone or a guide for like what not to do or what to avoid or what can go wrong. Because like EVE Online, an incredible concept for a game and, you know, player run economy, all that stuff. but 
what ended up happening in that game is like people at the highest level of um, orgs and most money would end up buying these carriers. And then these carriers could just basically be botted to run these super high level missions and generate tons of money. And then all of a sudden the economy was just built around these things that were inaccessible to 90% of the player base who didn't have carriers. Right. Yeah. And so, and I see star citizen trying to go for an even more complex system. And like, even now they have the money duping glitch in the game, Mm -hmm. right. Which is totally breaking the economy. And every time they introduce some sort of new thing, people are going to find little exploits and that's going to be really hard to get around. Cause imagine this, imagine the PU comes out and they're like, we're not resetting characters anymore. Like they're set. Okay. Well, money duping glitch comes out. Now all of a sudden orgs have like trillions of dollars and can buy whatever they want. And money is of essentially no value in the game. And they can just give it to anybody whoever they want. Does that break the universe indefinitely? Do they now have to do a reset? There's a potential for a lot of screw ups down the line. And I think that's where I think most of my worry is right now, where it's like, all of this sounds fantastic until it gets exploited. And the exploits could really, they're really going to need a lot of anti-exploit tools to like track money, see where money's coming from, make sure that people aren't all of a sudden just duplicating all their money at some sort of exponential rate, have alarms that track bank accounts and be like, okay, why is this bank account moving up so much? Why, how are they making money at this rate? That's like outside of the norms of our economic like limits. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're really going to have to be on top of it so that they don't completely destroy the universe from an economic standpoint, you know, because the economics are going to hold everything together. Right. Yeah. And the, the, it's good that they're not making it a player player controlled economy. I do wish that players had a little bit more of an effect on it. But when you talk about problems like that, I think, I am willing to give up that player influence if it means that the economy will be more stable and more predictable and the game will be healthier. Um, The problem with player rent economy too, is it turns it into a job instead of a game. Right. And uh, I think you want to, I think you want to tread that line carefully because that's why I stopped playing Eve. And I think that's why a lot of people stopped playing Eve where, cause you're like, I'm just doing this now because I need it to like get this other thing that I want and I'm not enjoying the process anymore. Like I'm just doing it like a job and it just turns into this thing where it's like, well, I got to out trade this guy, which means I need to manufacture this and I need to do that. And you're like, is this fun or am I yeah. like caught up in this weird loop that I'm not enjoying anymore? And just spiraling. Citizen has done a good job of like making mining fun you know like that's Mm -hmm. fantastic that they they did that and how they're approaching every gameplay loop like that where they're like yeah you can salvage another ship but you're not just gonna like hit lock on and then the salvage button you gotta get in there and there's gonna be a niche gameplay loop to that where like if you're good at if you're good at mining you can mine twice or three times or four times as fast as somebody just getting into it and that's awesome like the fact that they have a skill ceiling for something like mining and I imagine they're planning it for for salvaging and other gameplay loops as well. It's like, that's dope. Like the fact that you can make more money because you're better at it as opposed to just having, well, I've leveled up to level 12 mining and so I make more money than you. Like none of that matters in Star yeah. Citizen. And that is so cool. That's uh, one of my favorite things about the game is when people come in and ask, hey, how, what's the best way for me to make money? It's like, well, what do you what do you want to do? You just basically you need to get good at what you like, whether that's running box missions or shooting people. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was talking to Avenger One about like how he makes money because I was like, how do you how do you get money real quick? <laughs> He's like, oh, it's easy, dude. You just like get this ship, go run an extreme risk target, and then all you have to do is laser beam the nose of a hammerhead while like orbiting at like this velocity and diving all the <laughs> shots and stuff. You could kill a hammerhead in like 30, 40 seconds. I like went in and tried it, died like instantly. I was like, okay, so this is a skill based yeah. process. It's like, like talking about it's like it's super easy, bro. I'm like, yeah, if you're the world's greatest fighter pilot, you can make tons of money deleting hammerheads in 30 seconds. I can't do that. I need to come yeah. in with a different approach, you know, and you get that. So, you'll get that with like mining, too, where like you, you'll mm -hmm. talk to people who are miners and you're like, hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to look at consumables and I really want to go out and I've tried Quantinium, but I had some trouble with it. And like, what rock can I break? And you'll just get like a, a miner will be like, oh, you can mine any rock with the prospector. Let's just go out there and, you know, crack some quantanium, turn it in, get 500,000. And like, they, they forget. Yeah, and you try and do it. You're like, where's this 500 grand? I yeah, was promised. Yeah. They, it's easy to forget that like, while things in this game are very easy after you do them a lot for people who are just getting into them or even people who don't really put a lot of their game time into them, uh, the game does require you to like think about what you're doing yeah i got the um i got the throttle control hooked up for mining mm -hmm. and like going from scrolling a little wheel to like control my mining laser power to like instant throttle control of like full power to like zero power i was able to mine rocks like two to three times as fast it was awesome you just pump the power right away back off as soon as you get to the green zone you like feather it in there just to get it just right and then you're like, boom, I cracked that rock in like so much faster than I would have if I was using like a scroll wheel or whatever. And you're like, I can see the curve to like the you're customizing your inputs and your setup just to be perfect for like what kind of ship you want to fly or what activity you want to do. And it's, it's really cool because it yeah. does mirror reality to an extent, right? Like yeah. a, a real thing, a real construction vehicle has different controls for a, a cement mixer than like a wrecking ball, right? Like obviously you have a different setup and different needs and it's, it's dope to see that like in real life, I can get different controls and different tools on my desk that'll let me do a different activity in the game with more efficiency. And it's like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. The, the peripheral market to allow to, for that kind of stuff. I mean, you're wearing a track IR, I think right now, just yeah. like having all these different tools to be able to do that stuff is, is really nice. Um, and the, the, the skill-based gameplay builds on that and allows you to go that much further, just combining that to get more of that unique experience. Like one of my favorite things with this whole skill-based idea of gameplay is they talk about long distance scanning, like exploration, and how mm -hmm. you can send out these probes that are scanning these areas of the system and you'll get back cross-section signals from these probes that you can either know from just doing that so much and you recognize that's that that cross-section you could go bam i know what's there tell your captain you guys you know go on you're a great scanner or you yeah. could be the person who like sees the cross-section has to go into the in-game guide and like look at what it corresponds to yeah, and narrow yeah. it down and it just it it goes so far into this that's whole really cool i can't wait until that comes in the game this game yeah. desperately needs scanning because oh, yeah. you're like here's a planet and you're like okay well how do i find the cool stuff <laughs> yeah it's like good luck with that you're like go what's on the planet find some coordinates yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that... no, scan that makes me really excited too like the fact that they have that plan for scanning one of the things i'm most excited for and I've sort of created it in my head in terms of what it's going to be. But if they follow, I uh, I think they'll live up to it just because they've approached every gameplay loop so fantastically so far. 
is um just shipping in this game because like right now you're like okay well i'm gonna load up my cargo ship and just take it to a station and unload it there but um i've played i've played a game in the past that really showed me what like a shipping centric game could like offer Mm -hmm. in terms of like gameplay loops i'm like okay well once they add weight to cargo in the game, well, maybe some of the cargo ships aren't going to like have that much G4 like thrust power to like get off a planet surface. So you have to think of yeah. your cargo ship correctly. And then what if you load it to the max and you're coming in too hot on like a descent to like a planet with like one G or two G's or something, you really got to like hit that afterburner to like stay level, to stay in flight. And maybe you're burning through your hydrogen fuel at a way faster rate. Now all of a sudden all these new factors start to come into play and maybe there's a storm coming down. So now your piloting skills have to be top notch to bring that thing into a landing with a heavy load of cargo. Your thrusters are barely keeping you like level uh, the storm's throwing you off course. Your visibility's crap. Like that kind of stuff sounds really fun to me. And it like has nothing to do with PVP has nothing to do with combat. Like, I mean, it could, if you want to integrate it, but like, just that loop in itself could be really fun. And then you yes. integrate cargo that's like uh G force sensitive. So you can't slam it too hard with like afterburner. So you got to fly really smooth. You got to come in slow. You got to burn off your, your velocity real, real nicely. And then time sensitive cargo where you got to do combine those together. Maybe you got G force sensitive car cargo and time sensitive cargo so you got to hit those like acceleration curves perfectly to get the maximum like accelerate like that kind of stuff i think could take shipping to like this level of like you have to have really high skill to do these shipping missions or these shipping quests at like a good efficiency efficiency rating and it's all piloting skill and you're like oh that's so fun that sounds awesome yeah so i can't and that's like a totally different level of skills than being a good fighter pilot right you can slam your fighter into the deck of a carrier a landing pad and be just fine you know with your landing gear out but if you're in a cargo ship that might like damage your landing gear or like damage your cargo or break something you know like it's gonna be different entirely i'm like oh i'm so excited to become a space trucker man like, yeah it's hauling hauling is i mean not only is it probably the most important profession in the game but it's also like you said there's just so much room for it to change like they could gate a high level cargo mission, like you said, to a planet where there's high gravity and all that stuff. And you could mm-hmm. be like, okay, well, I can't do that in my, um, I don't know, my freelancer, right? Cause it's just a normal yeah. ship, but my raft has VTOL. So now I can go onto the planet and I'll have no problem hovering and figuring out where to land. And, and normally I'd be like, well, how many players are gonna jump into that mission, go down into atmosphere and then just crash into the ground and say, this game is, this game is terrible because it just killed me. And it it's needs an easy the tools way ahead of time. You need yeah. the tools of like, Hey, this is a, like, here's the recommended ship list. Here's the exactly. dangers that this mission are going to have. You don't want to get there and be like, Oh, what the hell? Like I'm not equipped at all. I have to go back or I have to abandon this mission. So yeah. as long as they can give you those tools ahead of time, there's and make them obvious, you know, there's a, there's a balance to hit of telling people you need these ships or at least telling people you need this tech while also rewarding the people who know that already you know you don't want to like yeah. get those people well, who don't instead know killed. Of saying like instead of saying instead of saying like here's a list of ships that'll do this mission well you could just be like here's the weight of the cargo here's the amount of cargo yeah uh here's the type of cargo which uh either you know is g4 sensitive cargo or we'll tell you in the manifest or something you know but like you could you could do it as like 
as if that was a real uh, contract in the real game world, where they're yeah. not going to be like, here, dummy, here's how you do it. It's going to be like, here's the information you need. It's your job to take that info and plug it into your game knowledge and then figure out what you need to complete that mission. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, as long as it's there, then, yeah, then that'll we need be that. important. I also want um, missions that are like, hey, you can't take this cargo into quantum space because it's quantum sensitive. So now you got to do planet side delivery missions, right? So you're going from one port of, part of a planet to another, and you have to you burn way more hydrogen in Atmos. So you're like, do I go higher into the atmosphere mm -hmm. and travel faster and then come back down? Or is there like... Now you can work with stuff where like certain areas of the planet have radiation that might damage your cargo or like mess with it. You can like create all these cool like ideas around them. Like you could just make a space trucker game on its own with yeah. like all the nuance. It's like, it's, it sounds awesome. And obviously they have trucking games and you all of a sudden I found myself watching trucking streams and I was like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is oddly therapeutic and like really entertaining to watch. But uh, yeah, if they could replicate any of that in Star Citizen. Ah, yeah, just throw it in, in space. Yeah. Yeah. And that's coming from an FPS gamer. I, I just, I really just want to be a space trucker, man. That's all it's, I've ever really wanted. Yeah. I don't think people realize how much fun it is. Like, it sounds like something yeah. that you would say, you'd be like, that just sounds really boring. But not only is the cargo transport idea of it fun, the logistics side of it all, but then throw mm -hmm. it in space with like different planets and different and all these nice views and everything. And it's just, it's a lot of fun to do. Yeah. I it, just want, we need our little hula girls for the dashboard. Now. Yes. The bobbleheads. And, seriously. We'll I, I think they actually just teased bobbleheads or, or maybe it was leaked oh, or something. They? Yeah. That oh, I missed it. Might be looking at, no, it's, it was, I think it was a leak. So you have to go looking for it. That's but, what they made those, um, misc ships for. With right. The giant. Dashboards. Exactly. Yes. Now it is perfect. Have, like a little train system going around mm -hmm. your dashboard. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw a bobblehead. I was like, misc, misc cockpits are going to be great for this. Yeah. <laughs> So cargo we were just talking about is one of the oldest things in this game you can do. And we 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 were, I think, when we were talking about the progress this game's been making, we stopped around Planet Tech. Um, but since 3.0, which was kind of like, I want to say, the real initial building of this game. In, in fact, yeah, last year. the Persistent year, Universe. Because yeah. they always called it the Persistent Universe, but it, but it wasn't persistent until basically some point in 3.0 when things started right. getting persistent yeah so that was kind of i actually put out a video last year where i talked about the game development in terms of phases that's what i call the beginning of phase three and that whole phase which goes up until around last year sometime in my opinion added a lot of the really key things that you'd expect in a game but weren't there and, and we kind of forgot about them like the ability to send money to players do you remember what yeah. we had to do before to transfer credits? No, I don't think I was actually really playing regularly. No, at okay. That point. It yeah. was, it was like you know you can set uh, beacons right now. You can be like, I need a combat assistance. Yeah. You set a beacon. Basically, what you had to do was set a beacon to the amount of money you wanted to do, and then hit the beacon button and have a friend sitting right next to you, ready to tap that left bracket to accept it, just so that they could get your money. There was no function to send money to people. It was miserable. Oh my God. Well, I mean, and right now there's no function to trade. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> so this... you're like, I, I was trying to run some missions with Ollie, who you had on your podcast a little mm -hmm. while ago. And uh, I, we got to an 890 jump. I realized I forgot to bring a gun uh, to like take out all the pirates. 
And he's like, oh, don't worry. I got you one. He like hands me a gun. It falls through the floor of the ship. It's gone forever. <laughs> he starts handing me more guns. They all start falling through the floor of the ship. I'm like, stop handing me guns. I'll just take them from the guy you kill. He's like, okay. Oh, you know, but there's like, there's no way to hand a thing to a guy right. standing next to you, which is comical and frustrating at yeah. the same time. And at some point we'll probably look back at it and be like, can you believe that? <laughs> he used to just not be able to hand stuff back to each in other my day, we oh man hand things to each other so you know, many back so. in my day speeches to be had oh There's... for the, with this game for sure man. yeah well it's like it's funny because people come back into the combat side of this game after taking a few years off and they're like oh my god like the thrust mechanics for ships are totally different and all the skills i built up back in the day like don't mean anything anymore yeah. because They've changed how ships fly now. Yeah. And it's it's like, man, yeah. They so did. back in my day, we, we used to fly this way. But throughout now that, we fly differently. Throughout that whole like three point I'll call it like three point to three point fourteen. Throughout that whole period, the flight model changed like three different times in atmosphere. Well, it's gonna change again too. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, like they're talking about cutting the velocities in half for combat. Oh really? Right. Yeah, I think uh there's a one of the devs was saying like everything flies way better at 600 meters per second or slower compared to like everybody jousting at 1200 meters per second, which I don't think anybody would argue with. You generally yeah. want the ships to be closer to each other. So they're talking about ways of trying to like force that. And it might actually literally be like changing the, the travel mechanics for the game to an extent. I'm like, Oh my God, at this stage in the game, changing the dynamics that drastically is crazy. And that does frustrate me a little bit. Cause I'm like, these are the things that aren't reliant on like deeper systems to figure out, you know, we don't need server meshing to figure out what's fun for space combat. And so like, they're still working on getting the very basics of like, what should space combat be? And you're like, you should have figured this out like seven years ago, but oh, yeah. here That's... we are. It's still, it's fantastic. So I guess it takes 10 years to get it to this point. But, uh, uh, I'm still sort of like, okay, so are we just going to have to like learn a whole new set of skills in like the next year once they roll out like a different velocity limiter requirements for PVP combat? I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen that, uh, talked about yet, but they did actually it's just somewhat recent. Yeah. yeah. Well, just, I think it was maybe a year, two years ago, they made a similar change, uh, to basically slow down combat. Uh, they, they mm -hmm. said, you know, at this, at this speed or over this speed, you're not going to be able to, I think, launch missiles uh, effectively. Your 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 shots will be less accurate, and you know they had a couple of different things that they had that would kick in as you were going faster during combat. And I wonder if they feel like that did that wasn't enough, and they want to maybe double down on yeah, it. Yeah, I think they're scaling it back even further, which mm. is, I mean, it is understandable. I did like uh, Avenger one invited me to like a fifteen v fifteen light fighter battle, which mm -hmm. was dope. It was arrows versus gladiuses. Mm -hmm. And it was cool to see, but also very clear to see all the problems with, with like mass scale fighter combat, which is just like, people are moving too damn fast. Right. There's so much time spent chasing people down and trying to get them chased down. They have so much time. If they really wanted to, they, they have all this time to just escape quantum away because they're like kilometers away from you as they, because if you're jousting, and somebody just turns on their afterburner and they're like, I'm not coming back the other way, buddy. Uh, they're going to be 10 K away from you before you yeah. start like catching up, start closing the distance. It's right. It's, and if you're a fighter or a small craft, you're probably moving similar speeds anyway. 
So to like run away from somebody in this game is super easy and there mm -hmm. isn't really a mechanic in the game to stop that. So if you're in a fight and somebody dies, it's because they wanted to commit to that fight because they could escape at any time pretty easily, you know? So yeah. unless the person chasing them down is such a badass pilot that they, that they can anticipate all their moves before they make them and they're ready for them, then you can kind of stay on top of it. But I mean, for 99% of combat, people aren't going to be able to chase people down. Yeah. So I have... Something's got to be done. It, it, combat feels good but it also kind of in that way doesn't like the scenarios don't necessarily feel good it feels good when you have a good fight but the yeah. fights feel very i feel like i'm spending a lot of time kind of i don't know they should I am, be quicker they should be quicker right you don't want it's it's the bullet sponge effect right now even with light fighters like why should i have to put two to three full mags on target in quick succession to take down somebody's shield then their hole then kill the ship it's like these weapons designed for fighting really suck at fighting right like why do i have to like no, nobody would bring an assault rifle to combat if you had to unload three mags into your enemy before they would die the like, uh, what a terrible weapon it's right? the shield makers they're just too good at their jobs they're too darn good yeah yeah so i wouldn't mind if they sped up things a little bit faster and i was talking about avenger one with this too which is like and he kind of supports the faster ttk which is that it's actually friendly for newer players because uh take any take a first person shooter game um with fast ttk like battlefield or call of duty um you can be the world's best battlefield or call of duty player and a new player can still get a kill on you because right. all they have to do is just get a drop on you one time, you know, you might've killed them 20 times in a row, but that one time they're hiding in a bush and they pop up and shoot you in the back and you didn't have enough time to react, you're dead. But with spaceship combat, if because of the super long TTKs and in any sort of one V one situation, that better pilot's going to win 100% of the time. There's no opportunity for the newbie pilot to get that kill. That's going to make him feel good. You know, give him that little bit of dopamine rush and that reason for moving forward and trying to get better. You know, you got to give them a little bit of kills here and there, even on the players that are better than them. If they can get one in four kills, if they're a one to four kill to death ratio, that's enough for a lot of people to keep moving forward. And you need faster TTKs to give them that opportunity to get that drop, that moment where they lined up their shots on target for just long enough to get that kill. And when you got to put three to four mags, even in light fighter situations, on like another guy, and it's not going to happen. You're just not going to get those kills. And it's going to be really frustrating. So I hope they do consider speeding up TTK, you know, which will it'll make certain things more dangerous. Somebody will be able to gank you faster. But it'll that it'll just make combat so much more enjoyable. I think. I'm. I think I'm. I'm halfway on that, and yeah. that's because I do think that you should. Fighters definitely should be pretty easy to take down, right? I would love if they mm -hmm. lowered the TTK on fighters, and then as ships got bigger, the time to kill was exponentially yeah. longer. I agree with that. I agree with that. It can't be a universal change. It's right. going to be like. Light fighters, light fighters need weapons that are good enough to punch through heavy fighter armor fairly quickly. And they're not really right now because light fighters should be the counter to heavy fighters. They're faster, more maneuverable. You should have a better time of getting behind them. So they're not putting all their, their, um, damage on you. Right. So the advantage of the light fighters, you can't be hit, but if you can't be hit while you're spending three minutes trying to work through the shields of a heavy fighter, it just feels dumb. It doesn't feel balanced right so you gotta i think within the fighter sphere a lot of balance still needs to be changed in terms of ttk 
and within the bigger ships, well, it's like, okay, fighters should be able to do some good damage to them, but maybe you shouldn't have a single light fighter taking out a giant ship. Like, yeah. it should be there as support and, like, maybe assisting with DPS, but, uh, yeah, to take down bigger ships, you know, multiple multi-ship engagements should be the norm, I think, for most of that stuff. Yeah, and the inclusion of the armor system, which isn't really functional in the game yet, and different damage armor system <laughs> that we've been hearing about forever, and and damage types, uh, weapon damage types, which they've which they've kind of started introducing the idea of a couple years ago. To be honest, I don't think we're that close to what we can say is going to be their final combat. They need to be close. Yeah. They need to speed it up a lot in the next year because of Squadron 42. But it really feels like there's a lot of missing puzzle pieces in that stuff when it comes to disabling ships. And yeah, and, and I think that's where I'm most frustrated with the development because they're they're hitting all these big ticket issue stuff, which mm -hmm. is cool. But also you're like, you could have fleshed out the combat system years ago. You could have had, like, there's no reason, there's no, nothing in your tech that's preventing you from figuring out what makes a 1v1 dogfight fun. Oh, and then taking it beyond that and getting into 2v1s and bigger ships and all that. And we have Arena Commander, but we have no way of establishing these bigger battles where it's like, okay, let's have a game mode where it's like kill the carrier, you know, and like, let's see how that actually plays out. Let's give people fun scenarios to like test out these things and it's just like they could have been making so much progress on that part of the game and it still feels like we're still in the building phase of like cutting combat velocity in half we're gonna have all these different weapon and ammo types that's gonna totally change up the meta missiles we don't even know what the end game for missiles is missiles suck right now you can <laughs> it's like a game of attrition where you just keep firing missiles until they run out of countermeasures and then i guess they try and dodge it like the missile meta in combat is really lame. Like everything is still in the baby face with yeah. baby phase with that. And um, yeah, that's, that's frustrating for me as I'm just like, none of this is limited by your tech. Yeah, There's nothing that. here that's saying we need to develop all this crazy tech to make that fun. That should have been established so long ago in my opinion, but um, we're still, they're still figuring it out. And yeah. uh, granted, I'm having fun with the game, but it's sort of, that's that's frustrating. Just it like, is. Ah. It is to jump in at this state. And I think a lot of it comes from that sort of 3.0 to 3.10 area that I was talking about in, like, they, they changed the combat model, they changed the flight model, they changed a lot of stuff in that period of time. And I think really what they were trying to do was just get something that they could keep us busy with. Like they were trying to build the mm -hmm. game, but I think they were also really just trying to build something that was entertaining enough to keep all of the rabid, crazy nerds who were already there cool until they could get things more in a place where normal people would enjoy it, which is like right now. And yeah. they did a good job at it. It was filled with a lot of rage and, and complaints, <laughs> but I think they got through it okay. But I do see that clearly they're having some problems from... Uh, uh, the, how much they had to slow down on the things that matter to people like you, you know, the, the combat systems, some of the gameplay even that we're starting to see now come in this year um, and performance improvements. Those kinds of things yeah. definitely got held back, I think, because they were just trying to maintain something that was fun for people who were there at the time. Yeah. And I will say to um, change the tone a little bit, because it's so easy to complain about Star Citizen uh, <laughs> just endlessly. We need, we need a little bit. It's been a very positive podcast. You got it. Yeah. We're, we're praising the game too much. There's still plenty of... Don't worry, people. We, <laughs> don't we're worry. We're angry. With the game. Yes. We're angry. We're angry. 
Um, but the performance improvements that they've been making recently and what they're talking about for even later this year, super, super exciting. Like mm -hmm. I'm, the fact that I'm playing the game at like plus 60 FPS regularly playing at 1440p is like, I mean, that wasn't possible a couple of years ago and it makes space combat smooth. It makes it feel awesome. Low flying on planets at high frame rates, freaking cool. Like it just looks so... It looks it looks so awesome. I mean, really, my frame rates mostly only drop when I'm in city spaces anyway. Um, <coughs> so that's cool. And the Vulcan stuff coming later this year, talking about, I think they mentioned something like 15 to 20 percent potential performance boost this year. And you're like, I'll take it. You know, I'll take me. I'll take some free FPS. Yeah, I was amazed by the fact that they're talking about the possibly putting Vulcan into the game this year having support for the vulcan api because I, I was thinking that's 2023 mid well, next year it's coming sequentially right so like it's not just going to be like vulcans on now it's going to yeah. be like here's a chunk here's a chunk here's a chunk here's a chunk so each patch we should be seeing little bits of performance boosts until it's like just fully where they want it to be i'm i was very surprised by that so it it does feel like they're turning a corner like we're in the middle mm -hmm. of it where we're talking about the past with 3.0 and planet tech and all of these like major things that got started and figured out and sort of acknowledged how like the gameplay suffered for it. But now we're seeing the gameplay start to come in and those things that were delaying everything are also starting to come in with gen 12 and like the cargo refactor they're talking about for this summer. Um, server yeah. meshing. Oh, it's yeah. exciting. And that, that goes towards the cargo gameplay that you're looking for. That's going to change that up a lot. Yeah, I can't wait to blow up somebody's fully loaded ship and steal $500,000 worth of cargo. Oh my gosh, I hope we have... amazing. I really hope we have ship tractor beams by then. Yeah, uh, I mean, we got the handheld stuff. It's like, just stick something on a ship. Yeah. I'll take your zero tractor beam. I don't Seriously, care if it sucks. can I just tie the multi-tool to the bottom of my Pisces and just use that? Well, also, shipboarding, right? With the latest um, Legionnaire ship and stuff is like the first look we got it something that's like actually designed for boarding another ship right but it's like yeah we need tractor beams to slow things down because right if you disable the ship it maintains its velocity guess what happens when you get out of your ship uh at a high velocity you, <laughs> you just wave bye bye to your yeah, ship because yeah. your character model does not retain velocity when you get out of the ship so if you're moving a thousand meters per second and you get out your ship's a kilometer away in one second like good luck with that get left uh, behind in space like that a lot <laughs> yeah so they need tractor beams just to slow ships down or some sort of mechanic to like auto slow down a disabled ship so you can board it with something that doesn't have a docking collar or or something because not every ship has a docking collar right so right. like that new legionnaire that they announced cool for docking for boarding bigger ships but what if i disable a uh i don't know like a, like a 300i yeah avenger yeah yeah, an Avenger or something. Uh, like, I know how to get into it, but not if it's moving fast. Okay, so now I need to stop that ship. Right. Let me pirate that guy, you know? Yeah, and that, I actually, I was very, I feel like there was a little bit of messaging in there about hacking with the Legionnaire, because yeah, it was yeah, the yeah. first time they'd tied hacking, I think, to something gameplay related outside of them just talking about hacking, you know? Like, normally you're like, yeah. okay, hacking a door or like your crime stat or something like that. But this is the first time they talked about ship to ship hacking in a gameplay scenario. Um, and that's the kind of stuff I just, I wouldn't have expected to hear about a few years ago.
I, yeah, I know. And I, I think about it in terms of like what you see from movies or like shows or something where it's like uh, hacking the radar of an enemy ship so you don't show up. Like that kind Ooh, of thing yeah. would be so cool. Like imagine that for like pirates are really good at hacking radars where you could like you could get a legionnaire to dock with an enemy ship by hacking the radar so they don't see you coming. You're like, oh, man, that would be so sick. Uh, and making that its own skill curve in minigame where it's like, if you suck at hacking and you fail, they're going to like be alerted to you immediately, yeah. you know? So like you have to have a good hacker on your team. Like I love all that, uh, the ideas behind it, but they really haven't given us too many details on hacking no. uh, as far as I know, no. unless you know something, I don't know. They've just basically talked about how it's going to work They're It seems like they're trying to settle on this idea of like you're selecting and inputting blocks of code that will combat whatever system it is you're hacking and just keep doing that until you can break through the system but they haven't talked about like will you They're get different you learn c just to start <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> i've waited you're long enough to, you're gonna need to know python uh if you want to do hacking in oh, this game no that would be so funny you have to like search for people for coders to join your outfit you're like you need to know python it's going to be like a job description <laughs> what should be like hacking is like you have to finish their unbroke their broken code for the game so you're just helping with development <laughs> just like putting in extra work did i just fix a bug what am i doing right now <laughs> yes but now you're in the ship good job yeah thank you for fixing our lines of code oh man so what That'd is be really funny what is the most Finish to finish off the talk. What's the most exciting thing that you're looking forward to that they've talked about, kind of for the near term of Star Citizen? Mm, so, like near term, like the next year. Yeah, like really, next year really to two years. Four now, if you will. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, Pyro is undeniable. It's kind of the obvious answer, right? Because you're just like big and shiny. Want a new system with tons of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it's really the new gameplay loops that are going to make Pyro exciting. So it's like, you can't just add more planets and expect me to be super excited because mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be more of the same. Um, I think, I, I think the potentials that are going to start developing with the uh, persistent element streaming, that sounds fantastic. If they can combine persistent element streaming with like really rich salvage gameplay. So like, say you have, uh, you you know, um, in Star Wars, the Battle of Jakku, you have all of these Star Destroyers fall out of the atmosphere onto Jakku, and then they just lay in the desert for years and years and mm -hmm. years, and then and then Rey's character comes by, and she's stripping parts off of them and selling them at the local vendor. Like, if that can become possible with persistent element streaming, which seems to be what they're indicating right. is a possibility, a giant org battle happening over a planet, and then all the ships... Uh, ending up in space or on the surface of a planet, and then some guy finds it like a month later and is like, oh my god, I'm rich. I'm going to salvage all this stuff. Like that to me, just the gameplay opportunities with persistent element streaming seem limitless. And like, like it's going to change the game in a way that nobody's seen any MMO perform before. And just finding shipwrecks and even turning the game into like a treasure hunting uh, loop, you know, where they've already added that a little bit to the game where you're finding mm -hmm. wrecks now with good loot, but having that being controlled more by the player base, right? Where you're literally creating gameplay loops for other people every time you crash your ship or every time there's a big org battle or, or, or you blow up some NPCs or whatever. And like, you're littering the landscape with like treasure for people and like, 
And if they can combine that with some of that weathering tech they were showing off, where like if you blow up a, a javelin over microtech and it's covered in snow or it gets covered in mud or a jungly planet and you like find this hidden wreckage like months later, like after the environment's had its way with it. I, I just the idea of the community actually creating these gameplay loops using persistent element streaming, I think, is one of the most exciting things I've I've heard, you know, yeah. like, on a, you know, give me give me tons of systems and big spaceships and all that stuff. It sounds fun. But persistent element streaming is a literal game changer. You know? It is. And I need to see it to believe it, to see, right. like, how far they're going to go with it, because like you said, you have an org battle. And all of their ships fall from 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 space and like land on the planet. You got derelicts down there. I've got to know, like, how long is it going to be there? How many of the ships are actually going to stay? Is there going to be too many elements? Like, if there are yeah. thirty ships that land there versus ten, will you keep all ten? Will you try to do thirty but in lower detail? Like, how is that going to work? Because, like you said, that's a game changer. And honestly, if they're able to make that kind of stuff, like a derelict ship that you crashed on a planet persist for two months, and then somebody comes there finds it strips it down sells it for credits yeah i feel like that's a working hyperdrive or shield generator that they can take out before they strip it down they're like oh man i could sell this for like 50k or 100k like that feels like an industry changer to me i don't know about other games and and how much longevity they put into certain features of the game but that just that seems like i've been i've been dreaming about this tech in a game since i was a kid since reading um did you ever read ender's game oh yeah too much remember that sequence and yeah i've probably read it like five times but do you remember that sequence where like um he's playing video games against that like ai computer that's kind of giving him these psychological puzzles Mm -hmm. uh to solve and sort of getting him to the next plateau of who of his character development uh, there's a game sequence in it where a, a giant, I think it's a Cyclops or something, gives yeah. him a, two choices. And instead of taking the choice, he's, it's like a choice in either hand. And instead right. of taking this choice, he kills the Cyclops and it dies and it falls over in the forest or wherever he is. And he then like exits the game and comes back to it later. And at that point, when he comes back, the Cyclops is like, or this giant has basically decayed and its body has been like taken over by like something else there. There's like other like little creatures, like building a city or something out of its body. And like the idea of a game that could not only have persistence, but um, dynamic degradation and even uh, evolution around objects that end up in an environment in reactive environments that change over time. I've always dreamed about, that kind of mechanic coming to a video game and there's some games that have kind of played around with ideas but never to the extent that they could and the fact that star citizen out of all games is like hey we're going to tackle something similar to this potentially right like i still don't know the scale or scope to which it'll go and i don't think they do either right because that's what two to three months of testing is going to be but I mean, the fact that Star Citizen, this game of massive scope and scale, is also like, hey, we're going to try and tackle this thing that I only thought would ever, ever exist in a very small Petri dish style game. Right. Like, hey, we like can do this, case. but only in a in a small environment because the server load to do it on a bigger scale would be impossible. Mm-hmm. So if Star Citizen can take that persistent element streaming and maybe one day add like weathering and degradation and uh the environment building up or growing around something that's been there for a long time 
Like, I mean, that's like, that's like scratching this childhood itch. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a dream. I think it, the only other game I really thought about that happening with, ironically enough, was with uh, Peter Molyneux and the Fable games. He kind of uh, used Peter. To, yeah. And I feel like Peter and, and Chris. Mr. Uh, Mr. Smooth Talker, Peter. Right. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah, they don't... are kind of <laughs> cut from the same cloth. I'm not going to say they're equivalent. I think that Chris is much yeah. better at making his, the things that he wants <laughs> to happen. But I think Peter's more of a philosopher than a game developer. <laughs> Uh, I do. I've, I've enjoyed his games. I liked Fable. I I liked Black and White and stuff. But um, his description of what his games could be or would be do not even come close to yeah. what they end up oh, being. Yeah. So he's like he's a smooth talker, but um, Chris is delivering. You know. So I yeah, think yeah, exactly. Difference. But it's it's exciting to see, and I think that's a that's a good choice for like most exciting thing because that's something that's going to give us dividends forever. If they can yeah. do this, yeah. that's that um, that's that golden emergent player created gameplay that every developer should be seeking, you know, because if you can give them a sandbox and then they make that sandbox fun, now you've created limitless fun for your player base. And I mean, everybody should be seeking. I mean, most games should be seeking something like that if they want a long term game. And uh, yeah, PES could be the building blocks for that in Star Citizen. Yeah. Especially during yeah. during this day and age. That's great for a game. Yeah, for sure, man. And on this scale, too. Imagine entering a system and just finding a wreckage. Just one wreckage of, like, some dude that crashed there, like, months ago. And you're like, oh, my God, this guy had a full load of uh, Hadonite or these cool armors or weapons or something. Maybe you find their corpse, right? Maybe their corpse is, like... It's a skeleton in armor. So you find the armor with like a dead body inside of it or something like, I mean, that'd be so cool. Imagine if you could find a way to contact them and be like, hey, like I just recovered all of your stuff and I could turn this in yeah. for a fee or something. Yeah. Well, and now talk about your scanning gameplay loop too. Maybe, maybe there's many layers to scanning where maybe I'm an asteroid scanner and I'm looking for mineables. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm a planet side scanner and I have to deal with all the EM interference of the planet's surface. So I have to have a different skill set for finding things on the surfaces of, of a planet versus searching for treasure in an asteroid belt or something like that'd be so cool to like have these different levels and tiers. And you're like, you're like the guy with the metal detector on the beach, you know, and you've got like this weird skill set that like nobody else has. Yeah. Like I'm finding cool wreckages and loot on the surface of Daymar or something like, ah, the, the potential, stuff, it's yeah. so fun to talk about where this game could be. You it know? is. Um, it is. Years of speculation have been absolutely fun. I'm just glad that we're finally getting to play some of that speculation and, mm -hmm. and, and see it happening. Yeah, and I'm enjoying the game right now as is. It's like it's so fun to talk about where the future is, but I I legitimately enjoy logging on and and experiencing all the different things there is. And like I was talking about with combat earlier, it is just fun for me to get in and to even run the same loops of missions, but like modify my ship a little, maybe try a different tactic coming in. Uh just getting that sweet spot hit on a target or like getting right in behind them where they're not getting weapons on and i'm turning it just the right rate there is this sort of like dopamine hit that like keeps me coming back of like i'm flying like a badass right now and i feel <laughs> like i have total control of my ship and things are driving like the fact that that's in the game too is extremely important because you need that as well you need that like solid core fundamental experience to feel really good you know and yeah the fact that it feels good outside of the terrible ui 
and <laughs> inner thought system is a testament to how oh, good some of the gameplay UI. is. The UI is so bad, man. They could throw out the whole UI and start over from scratch, and I'd be like, "Good, let's do that." I'm <laughs> like, glad that's how bad it is. I'm glad that they got their own in, their own tool to be able to make the UI. Uh, and I do yeah. think some of the UI they've come up with since they made that is fairly good. But they really, really need to update the star map. Like of all things, the star map yes. just it needs to change. And they are, but it's also yeah. like, what I don't get is it sounds like they're really trying to finish the system before they employ it. I'm like, give me tier zero star map. I'll take tier zero star map. It can't be worse than what we have right now, right? <laughs> you say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. We've I know. definitely gotten additions where they were like, okay, here's the fix. And then it was in for a quarter and they were like, okay, nope, never mind. Like, I don't know if you ever heard about hover mode. Uh, no, I don't think I saw that. Yeah, yeah that was... It was short-lived. I won't get into that because that's a long story, but it was like they put in there, put in some VTOL gameplay for like the way that thrusters would work. Oh, and yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, it was it was a non-Star Citizen fix to a Star Citizen problem. So they took it out within okay. like a quarter. Um, gotcha. In gotcha. that it, like, it wasn't a systemic sort of challenge. They weren't like saying, hey, you have four thrusters on your ship and you need to balance those thrusters or like... You have this much output and you need to pay, pay attention to how much thrust you have. They basically were like, hey, you've got a single column of thrust coming from the center of your ship. Balance on it. And it's like that doesn't make sense for a game like Star mm -hmm. Citizen. It just you couldn't yeah, figure yeah. it out. You need you know? it to be a little more simmy. And right. the excitement of the game is like when I buy a new ship in game, like, I mean, God, that's such a fun game. Let play loop for this is like grinding and saving up for that ship that you've been dreaming about. And when you get into it, it flies different. Yeah. Because it's built different. It's made for a different purpose. Or maybe it's just got, it's got a different layout than what you've been used to. And you get in, you're in Atmo, and you're like, oh, this turns differently. I have to bank it different. I have to fly at a different velocity. Like, the fact that each ship has that level of nuance is super cool, but also super important. So yeah. you can't give a ship some... You can't just universally give everything with VTOL, like the same VTOL mechanics, right? Exactly. It's like, no, it needs... They need different VTOL mechanics because there should be a reason for flying the same cargo hauler for a thousand hours over just switching ships every like 10 hours of gameplay. Because if I get a thousand hours into my favorite cargo hauler, that means I know exactly how it's going to handle in every storm system, every gravitational field, every every situation. And that's going to pay off, you know, in my skill and my earn rate and all that stuff. Yeah, sorry. I muted myself there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is, and I, I hope they come back with it because the idea is supposed to be that you're basically, your VTOL thrusters have the ability to do a lot more sustained thrust so they can make you hover, whereas maneuvering thrusters, which most ships have, can't keep you in the air for very long, so you got to land yeah. quickly. And Yeah, they definitely need to come back to that yeah. and readdress like, uh, landing mechanics for in-atmo, you know, mm -hmm. because it's like... It could be so much more fun, and it's not really right now. It's like this dumb, you just turn on coupled mode, and then you just kind of neg yourself. press the button, yeah. And it feels super fake and not yep. right. You know? Your ship so is like, like meh, meh. Yeah, yeah, I intentionally do decoupled landings to make it feel cool, right? Because yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, like you got to <laughs> nudge it in, you pull the thrust, you know, and you can do it, and it looks cool, but you're like, it should make me, it should make me learn this skill set, or it should make it look cooler or something. You know? Yeah. Um. That was and at a, the same time, I'm also like, the game needs to be inviting for new players. Like, we can't make it like a challenge just to get off the planet, you yeah. know? So, like, you got to find that balance. And, um, yeah, that, that'll be the challenge. That'll be the endless challenge of Star Citizen. But Yeah. And letting us feel game, cool. A game with tons of depth 
is usually hardest to invite new players into and that's just the trade-off right it is yeah they do they do a decent job of balancing it but that uh yeah. i've had you here for like an hour and a half <laughs> so yeah, this has been a talk thank you so much for coming in i, I don't want to cut you off but i do want to make sure that you not you know you have a day left to you well, um, I mean, uh, Invictus launch week just came out, dude. I got yeah, I got to get into the yeah. expo. I would <laughs> love to talk again, like you were saying before. Here, you could just talk about Star Citizen forever. I'll take you yeah. up on that offer, to be honest. Let's do it again, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, but before I let you go, obviously, I want you to let everybody know where they can find you and uh, where they can see your content. Oh yeah, uh, you can grab me on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Gaming, I think. Uh, <laughs> uh, occasionally I'll stream on YouTube as well. Uh, so you got to hit that sub button so you know when I'm streaming, but otherwise it's mostly, um, uh, edited videos of like either guides or gameplay experiences. And I've been just hammering out star citizen lately cause I'm addicted to it. And, uh, I'm in a fortunate enough place as a YouTuber where I can play what I want to play yeah. as opposed to what I have to play. Um, and so I'm playing tons of Star Citizen, and I, I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon. That's that's what I like to hear. So go smash that like button. Tick the bell, folks. What other games? Are you, I mean, you just said you're obsessing over Star Citizen, but like just to give people an idea, what kind of games do you gravitate towards when you're making content? Well, um, like, I, like I like to just... I really like to get into uh, games for a while, um, but... I, I got into Diablo 2 Resurrected pretty hard when it came out because I played the crap out of Diablo 2 back in the day. And this was just sort of like scratching all those, checking all those nostalgia boxes for me. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the most recent game that I was obsessed with. Um, I've been kind of depressed about shooters lately because my baby Battlefield is uh, uh, yeah, that going hurts. through one of the first phases of its development uh, career. And uh, it's that's saying something one of the worst phases for battlefield is like it's had a lot of bad phases yes so. it really had i don't know what happened uh, i thought they I were gonna know. make a comeback i don't uh. know i don't know what happened it's a it's a complete disaster and i'm just like is this franchise over we'll yeah, see worrying um so i haven't been playing that but uh you know i did, jumped, jumped in a hunt showdown the other other day that game's fantastic that is an awesome game uh best sound design i've ever seen in a video game so that's good and uh yeah mostly that you know if i'm ever feeling really bored i'll i'll hop on to um some good old hades on my switch and just kill some time i don't know if you played hades but i i started it it's a roguelike yeah though the top down yeah, kind yeah. of yeah i i started it yeah. but didn't get too far into it but it is a beautiful game and it's got great sound design yeah 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 Cool. What about you? Playing anything outside of Star Citizen? Oh, man. Um, I don't really get that much time to play, to be honest. I actually have played some Hunt Showdown recently with uh, with Execute in the in the uh, chat right now. Oh, cool. Also, I, I think a lot of hours when I get a chance, me and my wife, we love to sit down for a good session of Civ, Civilization. So we'll, oh, we'll get yeah. in there. Yeah, work together, start nuking folks. That's good fun. And then... Dude, I try those to games eat up your time. Yeah, like they you're do. Like what? How one more turn already. One more turn morning? into the next week. Yeah, those. Yeah, those games. But besides that, I've been trying to get some time into Halo. Uh, it's always been one of my go-to's, and it's also been having kind of a disappointing period in the same way as Battlefield. Yeah, they still don't have co-op, right? Uh, no co-op, no I Forge know. theaters, barely working. It, 
Yeah, it's I was rough. like my my buddy and I who played all the Halo games growing up were like we're gonna do co-op, so we held off on playing the game because we didn't want to ruin the experience. And it's still not out yet. Yeah. So I still haven't played the single player. I, I haven't played like through it. Waiting. Yeah. I've played like <laughs> half of it, but I'm like, I want to wait until I can do co-op for the rest of this. It's, I think it's supposed to come like late summer or in fall last I heard, but also yeah, not a it's, great launch. It's disappointing, man. It's disappointing for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and that actually, I won't rant about it because we're, we're wrapping up, but that brings me to one of my most annoying things about how Star Citizen is perceived. It's like, look at how many mistakes big time publishers are making with their own games oh, yeah. and how much people are complaining about rushed games games that only focus on money games that aren't pushing the boundaries remakes yeah. sequels all this stuff and then star citizen still gets crap for trying to do all this stuff differently even if they struggle nobody's with it safe. nobody's safe in yeah the world of yeah criticism, but yeah i star citizen is in a very un uh oh, I want to say unfair, but it's just like the public perception hasn't changed in a long time. And it's like, mm -hmm. needs a refresh, guys. It does. Come yeah. back in. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that really try, that put in a lot of effort to like slam this game, which I found surprising, you know, where it's like going out above and beyond to, to yeah. slander Star Citizen. And it's like, hey, like everybody knows it might not happen. Nobody's buying into this with like, some sort of 100% guarantee that all of this stuff is going to come to fruition. It's just a passion project. And if people want to put their money into it, they'll put their money into it. But um, yeah, a lot of negativity came out and now we're finally at the point where it's like, Hey, uh, there's like over a hundred flyable ships in game, mm -hmm. like that are all stupidly detailed and cool and unique. And like there's missions and you can go in and play, go in and play right yeah, now. You know, yeah. like you can do it. And it's, uh, and there's still a lot of people that are like, this is vaporware. This is never <laughs> There's no like, game. Have you, you can't yeah, play. Like the current PU is doing stuff that no other game in history has ever done. And it's incredibly impressive and very beautiful. Like go look at it right now, but there's still, there's still legacy information out there of yeah. like from five years ago of like, this game is not playable. And you're like, well, give it another try guys. That's why I think they're focusing so much on free flies. I, I say that in a video I put out this morning that like, CIG realizes the game can prove itself at this point. People can yeah. say all they want, but if they make the game free to play, like that is the easiest way for anybody to jump in and actually see that there's something there. So I yeah, think those will help. Sure. All right, man. that the servers can handle it because they're right. crashing right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right, though, man. I th yeah. Thank you again so much for joining me for this long discussion. I can't wait for Thanks our for next one. Me. Yeah, of course. And everybody who has watched, whether on YouTube or listened on any of our audio podcast form uh, platforms, sorry, uh, thank you all for checking this out. Please consider supporting us on Patreon or on YouTube. It helps drastically. And um, we'll see you next week for episode 53. See you later. later.